to this episode of the Palmetto Guardian. I'm Sergeant Chelsea Weaver. Today, I'm flying solo. I'm here by myself in the studio, but I have um, a guest with me, so I'm going to let him introduce himself, and then we're just going to go right into today's topic. Hey, how you doing, everyone? My name is Captain Ibrahim Jermaine Sims with the 1980th Acquisition Team. Awesome. So let's just start with what is the 1980th Acquisition Team? I've never even heard of that unit. Right, yeah, so... Depending on where we're located, but for the South Carolina National Guard, we are special staff or joint staff for the TAG, um, the 1980th Acquisition Team. We prov- we provide contract support uh, worldwide for uh, military operations. And our primary focuses are to provide that contract support for um, state, South Carolina State National Guard, as well as contingent military operations with planning, coordination, execution of uh, contracts that legally bind contractors to military operations. So what's the difference between like your unit and what you guys do based compared to like full-time civilian contractors that work with us on a daily basis? Right. So it's really no big difference. Um, they do it on a full-time uh, basis for day-to-day operations uh, where we do it mainly for military operations and contingent operations uh, like BOSI, law cap, big contracts that the military um, focuses on. Okay. So where is the um, 1980th located? Yep. So for the South Carolina National Guard, we are located with the Joint Force Headquarters um, right here off Bluff Road Armory. Uh, So we operate and do everything uh, with the Joint Force Headquarters. Okay. So what does your MTO look like? Like how many soldiers do you guys have? Like are there specific rank structures that you guys have to follow? Right, correct. So right now we are currently a team of five, um, but our MTO is changing FY24. So we are looking to plus up our numbers. We're going from five to nine, um, in which we need to fill pretty much all of those positions. Uh, we range from the, the highest rank in our, in our organization is major. Um, but we are looking for uh, E8 uh, captains. Um, we're looking for three E7s and three E6s. And they can be an E5 uh, looking to get promoted. Uh, so we're also looking at taking in and recruiting E5s as well. Okay. So um, with that, since it is such a small unit, kind of like with the public affairs um, detachment, how does that work? Like it's obviously not a place for um, career progression or like to get promoted right away? Like, is it more of something where somebody's maybe kind of just sticking around for a couple more years and just looking to do something different? Or is there, does it really matter who is really interested in um, doing this kind of job? Yeah. So really to be honest, we are, it, it's both ways. Uh, so we can, if there's somebody who's looking to reclassify, uh, reclass, do a reclassification in their MOS, we can actually take on anybody. It can be, it can help them with their career as well. Uh, there are a lot of opportunities, Title 10, Title 32 opportunities for contracting specialists uh, within the military. So it's not a, it's not, it's definitely a place where people can come to and grow, still look to get promoted and grow uh, depending on where they are in their career. Okay. So, but it's typically not something that somebody would enlist in the right. guard to do. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's really because our, our, how our rank structure is, we started off recruiting at four E5s and you can't, don't come into the military as an E5, right? So mm-hmm. it's definitely something that has to, that you have to get approved to come into the workforce or to the core um, and go through NGB to get uh, authorization that you meet the class, uh, the requirements to be a contractor. 
Okay. So what are the requirements before you actually go to the school to be able to be considered? Right. Absolutely. So and say, so one thing that we do need from them is their SRB, uh, just to see uh, their time, how much time they have in service, uh, whether they have a GT score of 110, uh, make sure that they are deployable for NCOs. Um, they need to be able to provide a DA 4187 for reclassification. Um, as well as a 05 or higher letter of recommendation saying that, hey, this person is a great fit for the acquisition team. Okay. So say you meet all those requirements and then you transfer to the unit and you go to reclass. What what does the schooling look like for that? Right. Yeah, so there's so for to become a 51 charge, schooling is about nine weeks long. Um, so for NCOs as well as officers, uh, you can go to residential or virtual cl- school for nine weeks. Um, or you can do them online for through DAU uh, to be able to reclass into that for NCOs only to be able to reclass to a 51 Charlie. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know how easy it would be to reclass if you could just take some courses and, and <laughs> right. just be done? Right, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's the thing about contract. It's, very, it's a very complex uh, entity in itself. However, being able just, if you have the drive and the energy to, want to do something good for the nation and want to do something good for your country, getting contractors to that are obligated to support the military operations is a huge one. Mm-hmm. So um, are do you guys have full-time positions then, or is it just strictly M-Day slots? Yeah, so right now we only have uh, M-Day slots, um, but they can be also, they can look at full-time opportunities uh, with, as 1102, uh, which Pretty much every military organization, uh, stateside, private sector, all have class have jobs for contractors. Okay, so what does a typical drill weekend look like then? Like, what is something that you guys do during drill, or do you guys work outside of drill? Like, how does all of that work? Right. So our drill structure is pretty much not the same as regular drill sets, uh, schedules, right? So we do a lot of our plan of our own drill schedule um, based on what's going on with the where we are with our, our metal tasks and just making sure that we meet the needs of our our staff and our personnel to make sure they met all, got all their C, CLPs um, to be able to do the job of 51 Charlie. Uh, outside of that, we do coordinate with Joint Force Headquarters with their drill schedule <laughs> um, and make sure that they have, um, that we get all of our basic requirements for the military. Okay. Um, so I know the very first question or one of them was about like the difference between you guys and the civilian contractors. So I'm assuming that this kind of training and experience can translate very well into the civilian side of the workforce. Absolutely. Yes. That's one good thing about military contractors. So uh, one thing is you learn from the military side of how to do contracting, how we put bids out there and put information out there for, for contractors to bid on. Um, but also on the other side, flip side of that, once you understand one side, it's much easier to transition mm-hmm. to the civilian sector um, to be able to know exactly what the military is looking for uh, when they're putting out their contracts. And there's huge opportunity out there for contractors um, and for people like myself who are 51 Charlies to help on on the private sector uh, with those getting those contracts for the military. Okay. So where did you start out at, and how did you end up here? <laughs> right, yeah, so I was originally a logistics officer. So I came in the military uh, as a specialist uh, with the 25 Bravo. Uh, so I was an IT person. Um, decided to go officer, went logistics. Uh, as I, When I got deployed back in 20, 
2019 um, to Kuwait. That's when I actually fell in love with contracting. Um, I was with the I was in the three uh, OCS section OXIC, for which is Operation Contract Support Integrated Cell for uh, Air John at Kuwait, and um, decided that I wanted to continue my military career in contracting, reclassified, and was it was pretty much go from there. <laughs> <laughs> So how long have you been um, a part of this unit then? And, like, how what do you see after this? Like, how long do you plan on staying, or do you have plans for after you finish this? Right, yeah, so I'm dual. So I'm, I try to do both sides, 51 Charlie, as well as okay. logistics. Uh, so I do plan on staying with the 1980 acquisition team as long as they allow me to stay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, so it's, the transition is good. Uh, the transition to being able to be dual, and that's one thing that we do emphasize for everybody is that, hey, if you if you have a dual MLS and you can work both sides of them and with your career, that way you won't be stagnant into one area, we'll definitely support that. Okay. So with people who come over, reclass, and, and get this experience and then go back to other units, like what are things that they are going to learn that could, that could help them in other positions throughout their career? Absolutely. So I always look at things from uh, from the outside, right? So, and when you come into Fifty One Charlie, you actually see military operations from a totally different site, and that's one thing I think is the biggest aspect about contracting is that you not only just get to see it from your primary MOS of like ninety ones or or forty two alphas or engineer side, but you also see it from okay, how do we go about getting these uh, private sectors and these contractors to execute contracts and hold them legally binded to contracts for the military to where where military still operates and where, where what is the force look like without them or with them mm-hmm. okay yeah it's crazy because like joining I was an MP and um, I did ADOS orders working with recruiters so I saw that side of things and then I deployed so then I saw that and then I came back and then I reclassed the public affairs and now I'm a full-time technician so it's crazy to see how each different thing you get involved in shows you a completely different side that you would have never known of unless you were a part of that right absolutely yeah and that's a good thing about the military there's so many opportunities for soldiers to be able to see different sides of things you just have to be interested in want to do it or just be put yourself in the oppor- in a place to get the opportunity to see those different sides of things so it's always open it's a lot of information out there it's a lot of opportunities out there and people just have to be willing to take on those opportunities absolutely well before we close out i know this was super short and sweet and to the point but um how can people or what do people need to do in order to um reach out or contact you guys if they are interested? Like, do they need to go through the recruiters or do they need to go through the readiness NCO? Like, what does that process look like? Uh, I'll first start off with saying that they probably should reach out to me um, so that I can just speak with them, let them know uh, information about the acquisition core and the steps to actually become a a 51 Charlie. And they can reach out to me at ebrail.j.sims.mil at army.mil. And that way I can just give them information about the the core and what we're, what is what they what's to be expected of them and what to for them to expect from us then helping them transition awesome and i will put all that information in the show notes as well that way that it's easily accessible right absolutely <laughs> yeah definitely um but is there anything else that you would like to add or um maybe something that i didn't ask that you would like to mention before we close out we're looking to grow our team now um so if there's anybody interested 
and transitioning, looking at reclassification, the uh, 1980s, please think about us as an opportunity for you to grow and look at the military from a different side. Awesome. Well, sir, I appreciate you coming in and talking with me. Um, and for those who are listening and watching, if you're interested, definitely reach out because, like I said, you're not going to find out about these things until you overhear something or you might see a podcast or a video. Like, I never heard of you guys until First Art Moore came and talked to me about it. So right. I'm glad that we had you on, and hopefully we can push some more information out to to um, the soldiers across the state so that we can get the unit filled and get people trained up and be able to do the job. Absolutely. Thank you for you for having me. Awesome. Thank you. Well, if you guys like this video, make sure you give it a big thumbs up. If you haven't subscribed to our channel, make sure you hit the subscribe button and we will catch you guys in the next episode.